What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Sportress Mentor here, and today I'm going to be doing my analysis and takeaways from every NFL Week 15 game. Let's just get right into it with the Thursday night game, which was a big AFC matchup, the Los Angeles Chargers against the Chiefs. This game came down to the wire. It was a very good game as the Chargers won 29-28. to I did not think the Chargers could pull off a big win like this. I did not think their defense could hold up against Pat Mahomes. I really didn't. I did not think that they could guard Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill like they did. I just did not think that they could hold him to that. I'm not surprised that the Chargers won. They have a fantastic team. Phillip Rivers is a is a, is a legit MVP candidate, and I don't think you can deny that. And uh, Anthony Lynn is a legit Coach of the Year candidate. Cannot deny that. That's just not up for debate at this point. Tyreek Hill, I thought he would be able to blow by the, the Chargers secondary. I really thought that. I thought he would be able to. <laughs> I thought Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram would get to Patrick Mahomes more than they did. Joey Bosa, no sacks. Uh, shit, what's his name? Ingram, although, did have 1.5 sacks. But I did expect Joey Bosa to get to him more. He did not. Pretty disappointing game from him. But, hey, that's what happens when you are an edge rusher. Melvin Ingram. Uh, they both played well. I thought the Chiefs would score thirty five. I thought, I thought this would be a more of a high scoring matchup, but the Chargers. They could win the AFC. They really could win the AFC in the in the big scheme of things. Think about it. They have a coach of the year candidate, a Hall of Fame quarterback, a great pass rush, good receivers, Marvin Williams. I know it's Mike Williams, one hell of a receiver. When uh Melvin Gordon gets back, even better. That offense gets even better. They don't even have Hunter Henry. I'm not sure if he comes back this season, to be honest. I I, I do not think he does. But in their defense, they can get to the quarterback. That's all that matters. What well, that's not all that matters, but their secondary holds up. Derwin James is an incredible safety. They have all the pieces to be a championship team. Let's see if they actually get there. Because them and the Patriots, that's a that would be one hell of an AFC championship game matchup. But my main takeaway from this game is that the Chargers are real Super Bowl contenders. They have every piece of the puzzle. The Chiefs, on the other hand, they're still Super Bowl contenders. Do not get me wrong. They're still a top five team in this league. But Pat Mahomes, as fantastic as he is, he's he's still technically in his first year. This is still his first season playing. And some of that showed. Pat Mahomes as incredible, but the Chargers, they are legit. They are a legit Super Bowl contender. That's what this game proved. <laughs> On to the next game. We have the Texans beating the Jets 29-22. to Houston, I mean, they started off 0-3, nine-game win streak, lose to the Colts, and struggle against the Jets. Let me put 
they struggle to the Jets. They were down. <laughs> like, actually, no, they weren't down, but it was 18 to 15. Oh, no, wait. Six, 16 to 15 going into the fourth quarter. If I did that math right, which I'm pretty sure I did. This Texans team, I know you don't need much of a running game to win a Super Bowl, but they got shut down this game. Alfred Blue, 9 carries, 6 yards. Lamar Miller, 3 carries, 8 yards. I know you don't need a running back, but you gotta be better than that. You gotta... You gotta at least have something back there. You gotta have a system built around your running backs. And when a team like the Jets shuts that down, that's not good. That's terrible. That's actually pathetic. DeAndre Hopkins, though, played incredible. Demarius Thomas had a good game. DeAndre Hopkins carried for what was lacking in the rushing game. You still need a rushing game. Wait. You still need a rushing game. You still need something there. You do not need a superstar. And they've they've had a rushing game, but but they got to step it up against teams like the Jets. I get that it's it's a short week because they played on Saturday, but really, a total of under fifty yards, under fifty yards rushing, and twenty six are from the quarterback. That's pathetic. Uh, defensive-wise, J- Jadavion Clowney got a sack. That was essentially it. There were no picks or anything like that, which Sam Darnold has been throwing a lot of. He's had many turnovers this season. Sam Darnold this game did impress me. 24 for 38, 253 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Also with six carries, 35 yards. He's not much of a mobile quarterback, so you, so you take that when you can. Sam Darnold, he's the focal point on this Jets team. He is. Him and Jamal Adams are the focal points. They are the main guys on this team. And guys like Leonard Williams, okay, they're still valuable. They're still young. They're still good. But they're not as valuable as those two guys. Those are the Jets' building blocks. I still like Leonard Williams. I still like Tremaine Johnson. Morris Claiborne is shaky to me. I'm not a, the biggest fan of him. But, but when it comes to your building blocks, they need to build around Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams. Todd Ty, Ty Bowles, I expect him to get fired this season. I mean, okay, this offseason. I expect him to be gone. Sam Darnold, he showed some flashes. I get that. You can look at the stat line and say, oh, that's a pretty average game. But Sam Darnold, he's the real deal. He almost beat a team that's that was 9-4. and four. That's a big deal. My two takeaways from this game is that the Texans are going to have to step up their run game a little bit. And... The Jets need to build around Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams. Those are your two main guys. Everybody else is expendable. Those are my two main takeaways from that game. On to the next game, we have the Browns beating the Broncos 17-16. to 
this is a big win for the Browns because this was basically saying, hey, the loser of this gets knocked out of the playoffs. And this Brown team is a young team. Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, David Njoku, Julius Peppers, Jamie Collins, he's not that young, so I'm not even sure why I said him. Miles Garrett, the list goes on. It's a young team. And I understand the Broncos are not very good, but these are two teams fighting to stay alive in the playoffs. Phillip Lindsay has been an incredible running back this season. The Browns' rushing defense held him, held him to 1.7 yards per carry. That's incredible. That is, that's something else. Phillip Lindsay, to me, has been a top 10, all, actually, no, he's not a top 5 back, but he's been a top 10 back this season. Maybe top 5. And they that rush defense held him to 24 yards. Held the Browns overall to, huh. 36 yards. That is an incredible game for the Browns' defense. Browns allowed two sacks on the game, too. Also good. Of of course, Von Miller's going to get one. He's still a top five outside linebacker in this game. And I don't know the other dude who got I, for, I forgot who else got one. But the Browns, this shows that this team, okay, right now, they're not the real deal. They're not close to it. But going forward, Baker had a decent game. That 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 one pick when they were driving about to go into halftime, that was stupid. But hey, when you're a rookie, you make those mistakes. That happens. Julius Peppers, one sack, one interception. That's what he does. He's a very... What's the word? He's a very diverse player. He does everything this game proved to me that the Browns going forward are a real team with a real young core and there is no reason to fire Greg Williams he has done a per well he's done a great job as your interim head coach you need to promote him to full-time there is no excuse on to the next game we have Cardinals losing to the Falcons 40 to 14 there's nothing that I want to talk about this game. There really is nothing. Like, the Falcons just dick down a really bad team. Now, yeah, that's about it. Yep, that's a tip for that game. That's my main takeaway. Right there. Boom. On to the next game. Bengals beating the Raiders 30-16. to Raiders coming off that win against Pittsburgh. Also firing their GM in the same little three-day span. I'm deciding if Derek Carr is expendable for the Raiders. Because I don't know. At this point, I was thinking about it last night. Will Derek Carr be traded? Clearly, John John Gruden does not like the team that's there right now. He doesn't. Well, Or he didn't like the team that was there just five months ago. He didn't. He decided to clean house. Khalil Matt gone. Amari Cooper, gone. Bruce Irvin, gone. Re- uh, Re- uh, Reggie McKenzie, gone. John Gruden holds all the cards in this Raiders organization. He controls everything. And a part of me feels like he 
save Derek Carr from being traded because this year was like a prove-it season. And if this is Derek Carr's prove-it season, then he's gone. If that's how John Gruden viewed it as, hey, this kid needs to prove himself to me, then there is no reason for him not to be traded. He has had a down season. Granted, to be fair, that Raiders team is trash. So I don't blame him for going 3-11. and 11. I don't blame him for losing to bad teams. I don't, I'm not going to knock that. But if John Gruden's mindset before the season was this is a prove-it season for Derek Carr, this is his make-or-break year, then he's fucked. He's gone. He will be traded to a team like the Giants, Jaguars, someone. That's my main takeaway on the Raiders side. On the Bengals side, on the other hand, Joe Mixon had a really good game. Jeff Driscoll, he's a backup quarterback. He He's a backup for a reason. He was not a great quarterback in college. He was a late-round pick. He He has some potential to be a starter for a bad team. But he is a back out. He's a backup, and that's what he will forever be. There's no other way of putting that. That's the nicest way I can put that. My main takeaway, though, is that Derek Carr will most likely be traded during this offseason. That's my main takeaway. On to the next game, we have the Vikings beating the Dolphins 41-17. to The Vikings really just put it on them. They did. They scored 21 points during the first quarter. Going into halftime, it was 21-10. Going into the fourth quarter, it was 24-17. You know, the Dolphins were coming back. And then, fourth quarter, Minnesota put up 17 points. I feel like with all of the controversy that Kirk Cousins was in going into this game, this was a must-win. Now, I still hold my my same opinion on Kirk Cousins. I still hold that. I still hold that he's a that he is a, that that he is an average quarterback that does not deserve the money he got and will not take you to the Super Bowl. I stand by that cuz I think Dalvin Cook when when you average 7 2-point yards per carry off 19 carries, whew, you're taking a lot of pressure off the quarterback. And Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 21 times. They ran the ball more than they threw it. By a good amount. You can't do that every week. Kirk Kirk Cousins still played pretty well, though. 66% pass completion. Okay, yeah. 215 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. I mean, that's a Kirk Cousins game. When you're playing a, a, a going in... A seven and sixteen that was going into the game, that's a good game. That is, but the Dolphins, like when you look at Ryan Tannehill going eleven for twenty four, one hundred eight yards, you got to get rid of him. They got to start over at quarterback. The Dolphins, Ryan Tannehill is going to take you nowhere. I mean, you could say, oh yeah, they're seven and seven, woohoo. They're not going to make the playoffs. Ryan Tannehill will not take you to the big game. He can't. There's nothing in him that can take you there. Minka Fitzpatrick, though, on the defensive side, he's a guy you build around. 
That is an incredible draft pick by the Dolphins. My two, my three main takeaways is I still hold my same opinion on Kirk Cousins. Two, Ryan Tannehill, you got to get rid of him. Three, Minka Fitzpatrick is the real deal. On to, on to the next game, we have the Colts beating the Cowboys 23-0. Now, this game kind of showed the Dallas, Dallas during the past few weeks have shown who they are. And this game shows the bad side of who they are. Since the Saints win, I'll go from the Saints win, the Eagles win, to now this Colts loss. These three weeks have shown the really good, the the real team the Cowboys are, and the ugly. The really good means that when their defense plays incredible and Dak does just enough, they can be a top team, which they did. They showed the really good. Now, the team that they really are was shown when they played the Eagles. You know, a team that, you know, their defense, it's it's still good, but it's going to allow some big plays. They rely on big receivers like Amari Cooper. Dak, I don't know, Dak has a decent game. Zeke still rushes well. That's there. That's, that's who they are. Now, this game showed the bad. This game showed Dak Prescott play really bad. Zeke had a meh game. Um, Amari Cooper, only four catches, 32 yards. Their defense, I mean, their defense, they got no they got no sacks, no picks. I mean, Jalen Smith still had tackles in double digits. I don't care. You gave up 23 points. Now, on the Colts' side of things, Marlon Mack, he was working. That man went to work on Dallas's rush defense. They, they ran the ball the same amount of times as they threw it. And when you have Andrew Luck as your quarterback, and I'm not trying to talk bad, I still think Marlon Mack is a pretty good back. And when you give him the same amount of carries as and MVP candidates throws, that means he's work. He's doing work. Dallas's defense is not perfect. They are still young. They are still developing. Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, Demarcus Lawrence, Byron Jones. The list. the The list goes on. They're not perfect yet. Oh well, they're they are still not that insanely good defense. They're still good. But this game was the bad for the Cowboys. I expect them to bounce back. I don't think this loss means too much for them. The Colts, the Colts, on the other hand, got a big win. Andrew Luck, you know, he played. He, I mean, he had a pretty bad game to be honest with you. Six, sixteen for twenty-seven, one hundred ninety-two yards. Marlon Mack played really good, and uh. Yeah, this looks like their defense. I mean, they they must have had a really good defensive game. I mean, hell, they they shut out the Cowboys. So, my main takeaways from this game is that, or my main point of this game is that it shows the bad of the Cowboys when they when they go into a good team stadium and choke. During the last three weeks, we've seen the really good, do you know the real team that the Cowboys are, and the really bad. That's my main point in this game. The Colts are still the Colts.
On to the next game, we have the Ravens beating the Buccaneers 20-12. Lamar Jackson, 14 for 23, 131 yards and one touchdown. 18 carries, 95 rushing yards. They are using Lamar Jackson pretty well. Because they know he's not a passer. They know he's not going to put up, hell, 300 passing yards. I mean, some games he will. But he's not the type of guy to sit in the pocket and beam 150 yards downfield on the dot, on the money. He's not that guy. He's kind of like... He's kind of like that short throw to mid-range throw, like, like, on the slant or something. He's that type of quarterback. And he's that guy that you design runs for, which clearly they're doing. I still don't think you run a quarterback 18 times per game. I think the max is 15, and I don't even think you do that. I think 10 to 13 is perfect. I think that's, how, I think that's the amount of times they should be running Lamar Jackson. But it's working. They're four and one with Lamar Jackson in. Granted, the Buccaneers are trash. They are. I mean, they're pretty bad. Levante David got two sacks on the game. That's a very good game for him. I don't think this game proves much for the Ravens. I mean, they beat a bad team. Congrats. Good job. You shut them out during the fourth quarter. That's son big. Ravens defense, they got an interception. They still have a top defense, though, and they can make up for Lamar Jackson if he does have a bad game. My main takeaway is that Lamar Jackson, he's not the type of guy you throw deep with. You you need to preserve him. You need to be smart with him because one bad hit, he's a fragile guy. Well, oh, God. He's a smaller quarterback. I got to be careful with his carries, and that's true. You cannot deny that at this point. On to the next game, we have the Bills beating the Lions 14-13. to Josh Allen went 13 for 26, 204 yards, one touchdown, while only getting 16 yards rushing. He, I mean, that's going to happen. He's not a running quarterback. He had a good passing game, though. No interceptions. That com- ah, that completion percentage still kind of bothers me. I don't like seeing that. But this is th- this was a game between the shitters. I mean, I don't think this game proved anything. Lions, I mean, Matthew Stafford played well with what he was given. They, they still have no rushing game. It's a... They don't really have defensive leaders on that team. I do like Jared Davis coming out of Florida. That's about it. I mean, that's all I have to say, really. There really is no main takeaway. Just Lamar, I mean, not Lamar Jackson. (laughs) That uh, Josh Allen has to fix up his completion rating, and I do think the Lions need to move on from Matthew Stafford. On to the next game, we have the Bears beating the Packers 24-17. Aaron Rodgers, 25 for 42, 274 yards and one interception. This is this is what I expected to happen. I expected Aaron Rodgers to try to play his heart out. I expected that, but with that Bears defense, it, it doesn't matter whether you play your heart out or not. 
he threw his first interception, and I think it was 403 pass attempts, which is incredible. Khalil Mack got 2.5 sacks. Leonard Floyd got Leonard Floyd got two sacks. I mean, when when you're that offensive line, what like when you're Aaron Rodgers, you cannot expect your offensive line to block that for very long. And when your rushing game consists of, well, when you don't have a rushing game, you can't expect to beat the Bears, who have an incredible defense and and an offense that can put up points. Mitchell Trubisky had a good game. Jordan Howard played well. Their receiving core did well as well. My main takeaway is that Aaron Rodgers needs to get the hell out of there. I don't know why he hasn't already. And the Bears, that defense can beat anybody. It can. On to the next game, we have the Redskins beating the Jaguars 16-13. to This game means nothing to me. It was a game between Josh Johnson and Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler, 57 passing yards and one interception. But he, I mean, hey, he he did have 68 rushing yards, while Leonard Fournette only had 46. This Jaguars team is poorly coached. When you have no quarterback, you're poorly coached, and your defense is filled with egos such as da- such as Jalen Ramsey. I think they need to get rid of Jalen Ramsey. I think that's your first. I think that's your first step is to get rid of Jalen Ramsey. That ego is just too big. I I I don't like how he came out and said, "I'm only worried about myself" or something like that. That's not the direct quote, but he said something along those lines. And as a team, you can't like that. You can't look at that and go, "Ha ha, that's uh, that's our star defensive player." That's our guy we drafted with the fifth overall pick. I just, and, I mean, he's still a great cornerback. I really like him. But on the other hand, come on. Come on. You're, that, that ego's too big to keep on your team. The Redskins, I mean, if the Cowboys f- fall off a cliff, and we'll talk about the Eagles later. I mean, the Redskins could still somehow make the playoffs as with Josh Johnson at quarterback. I, I don't see it happening, but it's possible. But I get the offensive struggles for the Jaguars. They have already started that kind of makeover by, by taking out Blake Bortles and firing the offensive coordinator. I think the next step is getting rid of Jalen Ramsey. You can't have that on your team. He is the Odell Beckham of cornerbacks. And I mean Odell Beckham, he's 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 great. I no no no. He's he's more than Odell. He's more than that. You can't go out and say what he said. And saying that other quarterbacks and are trash and stuff, putting a target on your back and backing it up the next season while going four and ten, you gotta get rid of Jalen Ramsey. That's my main takeaway. On to the next game, we have the Titans at shutting out the Giants seventeen to zero. I mean this, really, who cares? But Saquon Barkley, the number two overall pick, 14 carries, 31 yards. He had a really bad game. That is going to happen. But with the Giants trying to go on a big winning streak and, and make a playoff push when the offense revolves a, around a rookie running back, that cannot happen, and that showed that this season, 
and possibly next season if they get a rookie quarterback who plays at the caliber of, of Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. I'm not trying to talk bad on them, too, but they've had some pretty underwhelming seasons. I'm not trying to... Now, you can pin that blame on on the offensive lines, the coaching, but you have to admit they've had bad seasons. Now, if the Giants go out and draft a Dwayne Haskins, a Justin Herbert, a Drew Locke, or Daniel Jones, she'll ask Will Greer, one of those five, You're going to have another season of your offense revolving around a running back. That's pathetic if you're an NFL team. When your defense is not that great either, and you get shut out to average teams like the Titans, they got to fix that. They got to fix that. I don't like this Giants team one bit. I don't like that. I don't like the direction that they're going in. Trading Snacks Harrison for a fifth-round pick was just awful. I mean, having a tight end being your main receiver when Odell's out, really? That's your second option? As Saquon is your off... Okay, so your main offensive pieces are a rookie running back and an... I, I, I on an injury prone big ego big temper receiver with an average defense that's a bad team there's no other way of putting that and if you get a rookie quarterback that has an underwhelming season which will most likely happen considering that's what happens to rookie quarterbacks you're going to have another season of that that's pathetic That's all I have to say about that game. You can get my main takeaway from from just listening to that. That was basically just one big main takeaway. On to the next game, we have the 49ers beating the Seahawks 26-23 in overtime. Russell Wilson played well. Chris Carson's played well. Their Their defense played average. But when it's Russell Wilson versus Nick Mullins and Nick Mullins wins that matchup, that's not good. And I've been a fan of the Seahawks team this season. This game kind of showed that they're not all that. That was kind of a theme of this season. I mean, of this week. And we'll talk about more of those. The Seahawks, not all that. Uh, who are the, the Cowboys, not all that. The Seahawks are prone to losing. Like, when a lot of guys on their team play pretty well, you have guys like Nick Mullins playing better. And that is something you definitely cannot have. Seahawks' offensive line, though, definitely needs to step it up a little bit. They're special teams, you know. You you can never allow a kickoff return touchdown. You just can't let that happen. That's like, that's, you, come on. You just can't let that happen to you. And they let it happen to them. The Seahawks team, they're not all that. I, 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 I still like them. I still like Russell Wilson. I, I still think he's borderline top five quarterback. But Seahawks, they're not all that. And 
he got beat out by a backup quarterback. That's what that game says. On to the next game, we have the Steelers beating the Patriots 17-10. This was a really good game. Um, whew. Jalen Samuels for the Pittsburgh Steelers, six-round pick out of NC State, 19 carries, 142 yards. With two catches, 30 yards. He had an incredible game. Pittsburgh, <laughs> it helps to have that offensive weapon. Me, as a Steelers fan, I've been dogging out Le'Veon Bell. But having him would definitely be incredible. If we had Le'Veon Bell instead of Jalen Samuels that game, that would be so... <laughs> that would be incredible for him. But but you didn't. And Pittsburgh's defense, I, I, don't, I don't like him at all. But holding the Patriots to 210 points... I will dog on the Steelers. I, I I could rant about the defense for literally 30 minutes to an hour. Just nonstop talking. I really could. But I'm not. Joe Hayden came up with that massive pick in the red zone when Tom Brady kind of threw it up to Gronk, but also was looking like he was trying to throw it out of bounds. I don't know what the thought process was there. Joe Hayden made an incredible interception after kind of having a bad game. I mean, he wasn't having the hottest game. But when you look at a defensive performance, when you look at the big picture, the the grand scheme of things, the Patriots are a good offensive team. They had Tom Brady. They had Sonny Michelle, Julian Edelman, Gronk, and Josh Gordon. They had all their weapons. And the one touchdown they got was because of the two safeties, I'm not sure which two they were, but they had a miscommunication on who they were guarding, and they both went for the same guy. They, they only got their touchdown off of a miscommunication, and that was a long touchdown, too. So, so like, it's, in, so, it's, in, so, it's not like they were driving. When you hold a team to, th- to three points based off your – based off of, like – no really miscommunications, no bad errors, just pure football. That's pretty damn good. And I mean, I get it. You can't have those miscommunications. But they still made up for it. That was their one touchdown. It was off of a miscommunication that can be fixed in literally one film session. And one like and one like one to one talk. Like that can be fixed so that can be fixed very easily. Pittsburgh's defense played really good. James James Washington came up with that incredible catch. I dogged on Pittsburgh. I my words before the game were Pittsburgh will either win by three or lose by thirty. And that was depending how Mike Tomlin coached the team and prepared. Mike Tomlin is known for not preparing teams very well. I mean, hell, you you lose to the Raiders. You are on a you lose, I mean, you win barely to the Jaguars. There are many examples of this. But he prepared the team better than Bill Belichick prepared his team. Ben Roethlisberger played better than Tom Brady. That Pittsburgh defense played incredible. 
Pittsburgh made the big plays. The Patriots didn't. That's what mattered. Was the big plays in the game. My main takeaway, Pittsburgh made more big plays and the Patriots are not all that. I still don't think Pittsburgh's going to go very far when it comes playoff-wise, but it showed they can still make a run. It showed there's still hope. It showed it's not all controversy after after that three-game losing streak. That was a make-or-break game. Now let's see how they play against the Saints. On to the Sunday night game. We have Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles upsetting the Rams 32-23. Okay. Nick Foles did not play very, very, very well. Granted, they won. So, he did something right. 24 for 31, 270 yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. That, that that That's a Nick Foles game. That's when you're a backup quarterback. Those are the games you have. Their rushing game wasn't that special. Granted, they did have three rushing touchdowns, but they all seemed to be kind of kind of short, kind of like those one to ten yard kind of just punch, kind of just like punch it in touchdowns. Al- Alshon Jeffrey had a big game. Marcus Peters, or whoever was guarding him, I'm not sure who. I'd assume Marcus Peters did not do their job. Aaron Donald got zero sacks. The Eagles, I still don't think they're they're still nothing to me. But the Rams, they're still a shaky team. Jared Goff is still a young quarterback. And when he throws for what is it? Six picks in the last two, three games? As you know, probably two. I think two. But when that happens and when Todd Gurley gets shut down for 48 yards, you can't expect to win that game. You're not going to win. Unless your defense turns into the Bears' defense, which they're not the Bears' defense. The Bears' defense is better than the Rams' defense. And that showed this week. That did. Jared Goff is still a young quarterback. He still has room to learn. Sean McVay is still a young head coach. Still has room to learn. This Eagles team went out there and t- during the second half. They almost blew the lead during the fourth quarter. But that third quarter, the halftime adjustments that Doug Peterson made showed. Doug Peterson outcoached Sean McVay. The Rams are not all that. I do not expect the Rams to make the Super Bowl. I just don't. I think they're too shaky. The Eagles, congrats. I don't you're 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 still not going to make the playoffs, but congrats. My main takeaway is that the Rams are still a a young Okay, they still have a young coach and, and a young quarterback. The two most important things when it comes to a team. Coach and quarterback. Those are the two most important. And when Todd Gurley, their main offensive weapon, gets locked down, and on the contrary, when Aaron Donald, your defensive star, gets no sacks or does virtually nothing, you're not going to win that game. And the Eagles, hell, they played incredible. There's nothing else to it.
On to the next game, the Monday night game. We had the Saints beating the Panthers 12-9. to <coughs> Ah, sorry. Carolina. <clears throat> I don't know what to think about this game. This Saints team to me is kind of... This, this is interesting. This is a... This is an insane turn of events I did not see see happening. Okay, they they lose to the Cowboys. Their offense got shut down. During the first half for the Buccaneers game, they were down. They were down 14-3 at halftime of the Buccaneers game. Then they go out and squeak by the Panthers? Really? Drew Brees, you're, a, you're an MVP candidate. You're a top three quarterback. 203 yards, one interception. I mean, the running game played well. Mark Ingram did his thing, and Alvin Kamara played played a decent game. But when it comes to Drew Brees, there's no excuse for that. I mean, hell, the Saints defense, they played well. I mean, no, Christian McCaffrey's going to have his game. Christian McCaffrey's a good quarter. I mean... <laughs> He is a good offensive weapon. I'm not sure how to how to classify him, but Drew Brees, this is on you. Make adjustments, because Pittsburgh's coming off a win versus the Patriots. This this Steelers Saints game to me is gonna be one hell of a game between two teams. Oh no, the Saints don't have to prove themselves that themselves. They're still gonna make the playoffs, and they're still my Super Bowl pick. But that could very well change if this Pittsburgh game, they go out and play, and that offense does not play to their caliber for the fourth straight week. The Saints got to tighten up. That's my main takeaway from that game. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends. If you did not share it with your friends, and cue that music.